What's up? What's up, my junkyard dogs? We are finally, finally back after two weeks with a new podcast because I had a broken laptop. Um, that's probably a low of the week. I dropped my laptop. Um, I've got a new one. Jody, what if I would do the introduction as? <laughs> Who's that? I think Sam Long's here, mate. Like that's uh, <laughs> Sam Long's got the dog in him, isn't he? He's got the dog. He's got the dog. So, how was the week? How how were the weeks? The weeks have been good, mate. Like the weather's changed, isn't it? Like there's no need to escape from Hengelo because, as we were saying, Hengelo is like the new Girona now, isn't it? It's going to be 28 degrees there. We were just um, looking at the weather apps, and we came to the conclusion. So, if you got a podium, number one on the podium would be Hengelo over Girona, wouldn't it? It's hotter in Hengelo than Girona. It's hotter than they in say Hengelo than it is in Girona. It, they say it's the new Spain of Europe, the new Girona training <laughs> hub. Um, second and there's not many Amsterdam distractions. Not Norwich. many distractions, mate, so you'll get your training in as well. Yeah, well, if you like the, the solo stuff. Um, and <laughs> Norwich came in three. The, the weather in Norwich is quite shit, isn't it? Yeah, sunny, mate, but it's, it's, it's cold. It's su- sunny every day, it's forecast to be, but not compared to Amsterdam mate I mean this you're only like 100 miles away from me but for some reason you're like five degrees warmer you're you're gonna be burnt mate that mozzarella is gonna be melting like you're gonna be on that on the pavement flowing to be fair I've got this new um suntan lotion this is a non-sponsored suntan lotion it's called Australian gold it's a famous brand and it's um SPF 50 but it's got this instant bronzer so when I put this on so my skin... So basically you're putting on fake on the tan. That's what it the girls put on, mate. Fake tan. So they look good for the club, <laughs> mate, you know. <laughs> it's not just the girls. It's also life, <laughs> lifestyle athlete Tommy with his slick calves going out with the instant bronzer SPF 50. Um, anyway, uh, any highs and lows? Uh, well, tr- the highs for me have just been my training has been going really well. Did a 25-mile TT last week. Uh, was putting out some decent power numbers. That's definitely uh, a high. And uh, yeah, just been hitting some really good sessions consistently. So uh, really pleased about that. Um, other highs in life. Um, we're getting into a good routine with the baby. Uh, that's probably a, a good a good one. Uh, like getting used to it now. It's eight week, She's eight weeks old. So uh, what yeah, would you say like, is a good routine? What would that? Um, what was the bad routine? Bad routine is probably just not, you don't really know what, it's more about like knowing what her routine is, if you know what I mean, because you don't know, you you get an idea when she's doing the same things every day. Oh, right. She's probably going to want like food at this time, that time. But when you don't know, you're like, oh God, like it feels like it's relentless, you know, it can do. Or, um, you know, because you just not, you don't know when to expect it. But when you get an idea and you're expecting it, you're like, oh, right. She's expecting probably going to want what? food at this time. Food, mate. She just eats all the time. She's like you, mate. Like, she just wants <laughs> food. Like, you drink a lot of milk, don't you? One like day, milk. she drank 900 and something mils of milk. She weighs, what, four kilos. So you imagine drinking 25% of your body weight of milk. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like that what's that sick. what are you like 80 75 kilos is it Something is it like off season or weight or is it like yeah uh, so even weight. if you're peak 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 race weight that's probably like you drinking 17 or 18 kilos of milk mate in one day 
That's probably the only only time when you would do that is probably racing in Kona. <laughs> right? Yeah. To stay hydrated. <laughs> to stay hydrated, mate, yeah. Just get the milk down. You love milk, don't you? I remember when we were in New Zealand, like you don't like that oat milk, do you, and stuff like that. You like the proper no. fat cow's milk, don't you? Gold top, fat as it comes, you know. Like that's what I, you like. I, like the, the oat milk's funny tasting for you, isn't it? And like vegan burgers. If someone gave you like a, a fake burger, you're you've you've got a you're straight mate, away, you're not you're I'm not like, fooled. I'm like our ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, the, by the way, guys, the uh, Kate, the apparently the um, uh, what was his name? The meat person that used to eat all the raw meat. Liver that king. We said about in the Liver King and Colin Chartier nutrition plans are selling out. So make sure you get in there and uh, get one of the clean eating nutrition plans because they're flying off the shelves. I'm, speaking of Colin Chartier, I messaged him today. And uh, I, I said to him, like, hey, man, how have you been doing? Are you all right? Because I was wondering, you know, all the news came out. Is what what happened? What what came of him? Is he going to reply? Is he going to read it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, can we I, get I him on the podcast for a real story instead of a – Can we get him on the podcast for a real story instead of a bullshit story? I don't know. Well, he's 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 ghosted me, mate, already. He's got he's, he's ghosted me, but may, maybe he'll reply to you because uh, you're a lifestyle I, athlete. He's probably liking the lifestyle athlete life, you know, so uh, – Speaking of, maybe I have, I have bought an Ironman Pro license last week, fifteen hundred dollars down the flipping drain. Um, so right, mate, you'll to, make it back in prize money. You'll make it back in prize money, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but they had this extra email saying something like it was all about doping. It was all about saying like, "Are you aware of this? Do you sign that? Do you blah blah blah?" A shitload of stuff about doping was never in the past. I don't think just one doping case makes Ironman do this with every athlete. 100% mate. Like there's definitely way more people that have failed tests and either been covered up like, or there's rumors or names that have been implicated in it. And they know that the sport's dirty as fuck. Like there's no way you get all these questionnaires about doping. They keep trying to get me to do some fucking online doping course I man do, like asking me questions and stuff, you know? It's like, you know, if you're doping, teaching someone about not doping is not going to stop them not doping, is it? You know, they know that they shouldn't be doing it. They're doing it because they want to win. Like asking them if they know if this stuff's not, you're not meant to take this, is not going to stop them from taking EPO. You know, there's, I'm I, 100% sure that there's definitely more to this say- than what meets the eye. A load of people are also a bit, um, uh, I don't know the word for it, but um, there is a shitload of doping in athletics, right? In running. Like literally, I think 50% of the Kenyans are, are like, that are not even racing like a lot, but a load of Kenyans are on EPO. You see it like world record 10, steeplechase 3K, the marathon record holder that, marathon that, everyone's on, on the EPO. Then in swimming, you've got several EPO cases. Cycling, was there probably famous because- Was there uh, some in swimming been, that have come out recently then? Um, n- not really recent, but there is some doping in swimming. But then cycling, cycling is, is famous for its EPO cases. Maybe not 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 as uh, um, not as much as, as nowadays, uh, not as much nowadays, but when you combine all these free sports, swimming, biking, and running, you tell me it's dope-free? Yeah, and um, I don't know if I said it in the last podcast. but In a sport, after- in a sport where they hardly test anyone? 
well, I'll tell you what. After we mentioned about the column thing and won the podcast, I had uh, a woman send me a, a DM, and um, she said that she caught her ex partner using EPO or injecting himself with some performance enhancing stuff in the garage of the place where they were. He's a professional triathlete, or he was, he's now retired. She said, if you look through the uh, Instagram things from 2016, you'll see who it is. She didn't want to write in, write, say in writing who it was. She'd look through and you'll see. I look back, see who it was. And I'd trained with the fucking guy before. I knew who it was. Like, I'd, I was like, bloody hell. Um, and then also, I did a bit of training with Colin. So are you telling me, like in Kona and stuff, are you telling me that the only two people that are like that are failed tests or not failed tests, but like have been doping in triathlon are the two that I've trained with? You know, how much of a coincidence would that be if that was the only two that were doing it? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it can't be mm-hmm. the only two were two people that I've trained with. You know, it has to go further than than that, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I and, and it's cheap to do, isn't it? And like I watched the Icarus documentary after the thing with Colin came out on the way to PTO racing. It'd be for Cliff. Oh, you know, I didn't really want to watch it before because I was kind of like, you know, obviously they cheat in the sport. I had a general gist of what it was like, but I watched it. And the guy was taking flipping everything, you know, like injecting into his ass. He was taking like steroids. He was taking EPO. He was taking growth hormone. His biological passport. They got. They made it look fine. Got the help of one of the doctors and everything. And they both said to him, the head of WADA and the other doctor, "You can. We can get you to pass the test when doing it. So if they're saying that you can pass the test. Then if you get the right expertise, the the f- fact that you might do more doping tests." isn't going to fucking matter because the people are too smart that they know how to pass the test. So doing more testing is not really going to help because I'm on whereabouts. Say I put my whereabouts time as 8 p.m. 10 minutes before they come, or even up to one minute before, I can change my whereabouts. So let's just say, for instance, my whereabouts is at 8 p.m. today. It's in Norwich. I know that I've probably fucked up, let's say, and I might test positive. So I could change my whereabouts five minutes before and say I was in the Lake District. I could say I was in fucking Holland. Do you know what I mean? In Amsterdam, you know. Then the next day, I could say I was somewhere else. So I can't even get a missed test because they've got to get to my house at the start of the hour. Well, if they were ready, say, to test me at 8 p.m. and they're sat in their car 100 meters away at 5 to 8 and then all of a sudden an update comes on the thing and it says now I'm in the Lake District. Well, they can't travel 300 miles to test me in five minutes. So I can't even get a missed test because I've like put them on the run. So you could do that and you wouldn't even get missed tests because they're not going to be there to test you, let alone having them turn up at your door and missing the test. You know, I mean, it doesn't even have to be as far away as that. Like the Lake District, you know, for instance, I could say I was at my parents' house in Lowestoft, 30 miles away. They can't get there in five minutes, can they? You know, mm-hmm. and that would look a lot more believable, wouldn't it? So if you can do that, the fact that you could get more people testing you isn't necessarily going to work and that's coupled with the fact that these people can probably pass tests because they're getting the advice of the doctors so how you catch them the only way you can really catch them in my opinion is to have it as a criminal uh as a a criminal offense so that the police can actually look into it and they can look at people who are suspected look at bank transfers statements see where the money's gone to what doctors that is the only way you're going to find these people because they might fuck up and get you might catch the odd one from a drug test, but you are not going to take down the majority of them because they're too smart. 
when someone fails, they probably get paid off, and you never hear any, and you never hear anything else from them because the people that are in their circles, I guess, say someone fails. The doctor probably says, "Look, this guy's messed up. We're all going to have to chip in. We're going to have to pay this guy off so he keeps quiet, so he doesn't say anything." Because that guy obviously then has nothing to lose, so they need to give him some kind of incentive to keep quiet. You know, I think it goes deep like that. I think the only way you can find it is if you make it a criminal. Uh, offence and you look at the bank statements you follow the money that's the only way you're going to take them down otherwise I think mm-hmm. the sport's going to be riddled with it and not just um, that's not just triathlon that's uh, athletics it's all endurance sports you know more of the story is I've got a pro license uh, so I can sign up for Ironman <laughs> <laughs> again <laughs> um, but I have got a um First, I'll start off with the high of the week. So um, high of the week is last weekend. I did an uh, uh, Olympic distance. So spontaneously, uh, a week ago, I signed up for an Olympic distance. I was like, I've been running for three weeks uh, before that race. I was thinking I would just want to get a race and see where I'm at. I did three weeks of 20Ks. Since January, I've ran, I ran 240Ks, which isn't that much, is it? Um, did the race, trained pretty hard that week. So swim was all right, mate. Oh, wait. First race morning. <laughs> I had a typical Jody for race morning. So What was that then? Woke up at like 5 a.m. Um, that's, that's the time you love, don't you? So woke up, had brekkie, got in the car, arrived at the race, and um, I wanted what to time? check in my bike. How far was the race away? A bit more than an hour. So I, was there. I had oh. to be there at like 7. Um, All right. Checked in my bike, and I said, I want to do one uh, one lap just test uh, the bike course, see what's like. And my gears didn't work. DI2 was empty. What happened? I charged it the night before, put it in the car, but then it, it laid against the uh, the shifters. So it pulled the uh, the battery out. Bloody hell. So I was like, ooh, it's only 45 minutes before the race start and I don't even have a DI2 cable. So a um, bit of uh, messing around, managed to ring someone that lived near there. Um, uh, well, someone knew someone that lived near there. He brought a DI2 cable, charged my bike 15 minutes before the gun went off, put the bike in transition, ran to the swim start. It was a 1K swim. Um, felt semi-tired because I trained uh, 17 hours on the bike that week. and uh, um, 17 uh, hours on the bikes that week? Yeah, I did, I did one day where I did 170 case on the mountain bike. Oh, bloody hell. How long was that? Like six hours or something? Seven and a half. Flipping heck. Yeah. That's a big day. That, is, that was a big day, yeah. Um, but then, uh, so one case swim. Second or third out of the water, mate. I felt like Ben Canuto Yen for the Janus for I was like, Who's You said boy? you wanted to experience being out the water in the front. I, act I before, told didn't you. you. <laughs> so I was, I was thinking, I was, there, there was this guy. I was constantly in second, constantly in second. And just before we went out, he just like overtook me and went out first. I was like, All right, if you want to be like that, fine. Um, ran into transition first onto the bike. First onto the bike. Do you know how, how amazing that feels? <laughs> <laughs> what did it feel like? Because I've never experienced it. <laughs> it was flipping amazing. But then open after road, two, the after motorbike two, in front of you. Race, after two Ks, I was like, where's the motorbike? Where, Where are was the, the motorbike? Was it not there? 
Was it not Nothing. there? Like, it must have been. Not Every race there was a motorbike because it can't be the. You, that's Mate, just so unfair that the one time you lead out, you don't get the motorbikes. No, no motorbikes. So after the first lap, it was like four laps of 10Ks. I came in after the first lap and I said, Where are the motorbikes? Where are the motorbikes? <laughs> I don't know where to go. <laughs> so, um, that is a joke. But um, I felt absolutely terrible on the bike mate like absolutely terrible after i was thinking up forehand because i did something on a on a monday something like 20 minutes that was my first session where i gave it somewhere i was with lauren lauren stendam and uh, thomas decker and it's something like 20 minutes at 355 watts for me now that's like a lot because i have only been doing base stuff and um so i was thinking up forehand i'll just give it 20 minutes flipping all 350 or 380 watts so it's just shouting big numbers but then after the first lap, I was pushing pretty hard. I was looking at the numbers, 305, 310 Ks, 310. And my legs were hurting. And it wasn't hurting from lactate, but from like overtraining. So yeah. I was thinking, shoot, I've got 30 K to go and I can't even hold this pace. So I had to click the screen away to ju- so I just could just see the map. Um, did that, came in. Averaged 285 watts for an Olympic distance. And you've done more than that for an Ironman before, haven't you? I did 301 watts in uh, in Almere, 350 normalized. So I've done more in an Ironman than for an Olympic distance. But I did reach... Did you get 40... overtaken on the bike? No, I did not. No, I... Uh, I so you're still luckily... leading it. You're, you're going into transition. You're like... you're. I was going in into transition. And then I was thinking, all right, I haven't been running for like two months. I've done three weeks of 20Ks running, easy running, five-minute K pace. What's in, the te- what's in the tank for a 10K max? was a bit short, but I did 37-something. So I was quite surprised by that. But there was some other guy who ran 34.50. So I uh, came in second. But I was thinking, like, I did love to be back racing. There was, like, a load of dogs, load of dogs of the podcast. They said they got into triathlon because of us. That is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's great when people say that. And then three days after that, Joe, I was—I had my whole schedule ready before my next half distance. Can I, I just say, before week. you go on to what's next, can I just say, like, would you say that your strength now is the swim or the bike? Like, because it's clear that the road, <laughs> obviously, like the weakness. So, like, what if you if someone says to you, you're a triath, you, you know, they say, what do you do? And you say, you're a triathlete. And they say, what's your best one? Do you say the swim or do you say the bike? <laughs> I, my, my swim is definitely still not my uh, my strongest one but uh, uh i i must say that i i i do find it um um hard that a bike right now is a weakness of mine too but i've only been doing base stuff so now i'm going to do some vo2 max and tempo and hopefully it's coming along pretty quick but being off for like several months has hit me harder than i thought with my fitness like honestly <laughs> i just got no top then- end anymore Really, and that you used to love. You used to love a few like short efforts, didn't you? That was like you thrive on that. I remember you, like, last efforts. year in March we did like an hour TT. You were only something like ten seconds quicker, and we did something yeah, like three hundred. Remember and when we were doing the chain gang, and we were like going pushing it real hard on the climbs. So uh, yeah, I uh, I want to get back in uh, in shape, but it's uh, just one thing that, that uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, one is recovery. I just recover really slow really really slow um because of all the volume and uh so now i'll just i'm gonna back off of the volume a little bit and do some more intensity but then something last week struck me i was at the camping and uh 
it was 6 a.m. and I, I trained hard the day before and I was lacking the electrolytes. So I had to go for a morning wee, of course. Do you ever go for a morning wee? What, are you talking like three or four o'clock in the morning or are you talking like seven or eight o'clock? Six, six in the morning. Oh, like, no, nah, not, not too, I, I quite, I, normally I would sleep through the night. It's rare, unless I'm fucked, you know, like then I'll wake up in the night, you know, if I'm like, if I've been pushing it too hard. I woke up 6 a.m. and I thought I'll go for a little wee. So I, uh, I walked down there. I did the wee. So I felt relieved, uh, but I wanted to go back. You know, 6 a.m. You're not really fully awake, are you? So I turned yeah. around and with my foot, I stepped into like a nail, like this big nail. It went all the way through my foot. Like I could see the tip of it sticking like through my, uh, like onto my how skin on the other the nail? side. Tell the listeners how um, long it was roughly. Like about it wasn't three just and a half centimeter, centimeters. Was it? No, oh, more than that. Centimeters. You showed me it. It's got to be bigger than that. It was like huge, like four centimeters. <laughs> it was at least no, eight. It <laughs> <laughs> was something like three and a half centimeters. And I, it didn't really hurt that much at, at that one moment because I think adrenaline was rushing through my body. All right, I wanted man. to take, I wanted to take a, a second step, and I was thinking like, "Whoa, what is that?" So I had to stop, and I looked under my my foot, and it was like this this fucking nail going all the way through my foot, and I was thinking, "Oh my god, what the hell is this?" So I sat down, and I thought, "Why does this always happen to me?" I've got so much shit happening to me. Why does this happen to me, Joe? Mate, like I, when you sent me that, I couldn't believe it. I was like, bloody hell. Like, it seems like he's always uh, got something that's uh, messing him up. Like, you know, or like, it's and it just seemed fun. like you'd got some momentum going, got a race. You were thinking of doing a relay or doing something at like Gerardsburg and weren't you? You had that half Ironman coming up as well. The other one, uh, was it the week mm -hmm. before or week after? Um, and then planning on Ironman Switzerland, and then this happens. You step on a nail, and then there's a pit next thing I know. I see a picture of you sent to me in a wheelchair. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but I I, uh, I sat down. Uh, do you know, by the way, that meme back in the days with Bad Luck Brian? No. What's Bad Luck Brian? So Bad Luck Brian is this high school uh, kid. He's got, like, glasses and this polo shirt and, and like, uh, uh, a load of freckles. And then um, uh, Bad Luck Brian is this a guy who always has bad luck. So you've got these funny texts about it. For example, um, Bad Luck Brian loses his fraternity and then gets chlamydia. <laughs> you know, that guy, he's, he's just, he's got very, like a lot of bad luck. I would call myself- Very unlucky. Very unlucky. I would call myself terrible luck travel on Tom. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, so I sat down. I wanted to pull pull the nail out before because you think if it goes in pretty easy, it must go out pretty easy, right? Yeah, I mean, I would have been. I don't know what I would have done in that, like because I, I mean, did did you try and pull it and it just didn't move then? Like uh, or exactly. Was it like so I sat down lodged? and I I grabbed the thing and I tried to pull it, but it was like super stuck and and I almost cried. So then I pulled. <laughs> uh, I got like a cloth, so I had a bit more grip. Oh, you're um, proper yanking it, were you? That would have made yeah, me Yeah, I thought queasy. the thing has to go out. So I, I was trying to pull it. It didn't, it didn't go. And I thought maybe I should ask my neighbors on the camping. But it was God, like there's no way they would have done that. If someone asked me, can you pull this nail out of my foot? I'd have been like, fuck that. No way. Like, you know, go into the hospital, mate. Like, I'm pulling out of your foot. <laughs> yeah, so then I, I drove, I sat in the car, drove to the hospital. 
um, got in there and then they took some uh, pictures. Luckily it didn't went through my bone, but it went through like uh, the tendon plate. Is that something, a thing? Tendon plate? Uh, basically for, through the tendons then. So, uh, th- which is bad, isn't it? That's not a good bit to go through, is it? Or not? Like, no, that's why it was like, stuck. I, on a slightly different note, I I was watching uh, that UFC uh, and some documentaries and stuff like lately and like getting well into it, like, because they, they film it really well, like um, where they follow people. And uh, it got me thinking about, like, our oh, triathletes, you know, like, who would be good if you ended up pairing them up with someone? And do you know who I thought, as an unlikely triathlete, could potentially be really good at it? It's an Ironman athlete. They do some 70.3s. They're American. They would not seem like they would be someone that you would imagine to be a fighter. Who do you think I'm on about? You've got the attention span of a kid, mate. How does this all of a sudden pop up in your head? I just did. Like, who do you reckon? It's because I was I was talking to Laura earlier about it. Um, I would go for hmm, the pitbull Lionel Sanders. No, Matt Hansen. He did wrestling, <laughs> mate. Can you believe it? At university, and that's how a lot of them get into it from wrestling. He was a proper wrestler, like, you know, so potentially he he could be someone that would be really good at it. So you don't want to mess around with him, mate, in a swim start, you know. If you piss him off getting to the boys and you end up dunking him, mate, could you imagine the damage that he could do to you? Hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm lucky uh, that I'm, I'm not fast enough to swim with him then. You are. Mate, you're, you're out the water first. You might be ahead of him, if anything, now. Like, you're doing yourself <laughs> down. You. You're not being generous to yourself. <laughs> that wasn't a uh, a proper uh, pro field. Um, anyway, um, anyway, uh, let's go over to uh, the main subject. And the main subject this week is we were talking about training methods and stuff, uh, me and Tom, earlier. And uh, I said to him about loads of people doing, or I think we both said about it to each other, mm-hmm. loads of Ironman race pace stuff. And we're like, why the hell are these people doing it? for such long periods after long periods and they just seem like they constantly keep getting slower and slower and just shit results don't they and i just think that it's it's crazy how like people have seen that the norwegians do this lt1 or like loads of race pay stuff ironman stuff it obviously seems like it works for them my theory behind this is because they keep switching from shorter distance racing to longer distance racing. So they do a lot of threshold VO2 max stuff in a short course build-up. Then they ha- always have an Ironman in short succession after that, four to six weeks. So doing that race pace stuff, that longer race pace stuff works because you've just gone from a period of loads of high intensity. Then you're basically, so your threshold's high. Then you're stretching out the percentage of your threshold you want to hold for a longer period of time. That works very well for short periods of time. A lot of people have seen how they've done that. And then they've done well in Ironmans and thought, oh, the key to doing well in Ironman must be doing loads of Ironman race pace stuff. So they just keep literally burying themselves with all this race pace stuff week after week. And they end up doing six months of it, nine months of it. And they just get basically decreasing their threshold for long periods of time. And I think it makes them slower. I think it makes them tired because they do lots of moderately hard um, volume in their training week. And Mm -hmm. I just think it's totally pointless for these people like and they've just got no top end so 
when they are in a race, if they're surges, they just get spat out the back straight away anyway. Like, what do you think, Tom? Um, well, first of all, I think Ironman days are flipping, flipping boring. Like, for example, five-hour ride with four times 30 minutes at Ironman pace um, doesn't make any sense to me because you need to do it a bit more than four four hours in, in like an Ironman. Um, or five hours or six hours, whatever, how long you're uh, biking for. Uh, and then some people are also doing like an hour or two hours run off the bike then at like Ironman pace. And I'm thinking, so you train for six hours that day with the majority being at Ironman pace, you might as well do an Ironman that day. <laughs> yeah. And they do lots of this. They don't do the threshold or VO2 max stuff very often through the week, do they? Or they're just t- so fucked that the sessions are so easy I think when the they best, do do these high especially intensity sessions. For, is the, the best if you especially if you're uh, time starved is um to mix it up with like um a couple of weeks like one vo2 max session and then a couple of weeks maybe doing some uh, uh like throughout the week some uh, over on the threshold sessions and then towards race season incorporate some tempo on the long rides what about if you're not time starved what about if a pro comes to you and they says i've been uh, i've been coached by so and so for three years and my best Ironman times, right. not eight hours, well, eight hours 30. For my, I've been doing for my experience, coming from an FTP of 230 watts in uh, uh, 2017, 2018, um, this is, um, this is how I was. Is that what I your FTP was? Is, it, that, is that what it was back then? Because I remember, so for a bit of context, in 2020, when we did Challenge Wanaka, I think you averaged 320 or 330 watts for the bike in the half. And at least two ninety, it must have been the Ironman. I remember your your bike ride in the half actually outbiked Braden Courage. Put it into perspective, didn't it? Starting off in the amateur race, which is uh, pretty impressive, where considering that's their home, that's his home road. So, like, if you're going from so an FTP two hundred and thirty, so I started cycling in twenty seventeen with like zero mileage under my belt. So twenty seventeen eighteen. So it's a bit. This is like three years, three layers of cycling, starting from zero. Um, basically one, uh, I would say one VO2 max session. It could either be, uh, do a local cycling crit race or. Did you like, start off with the VO2 max though from the start? So you're saying like you started. No, in the, the beginning you just, I had no clue about training. I was Yeah. So when did around. you actually start? How long was it until you actually started training properly? Like 2018. So after a year, 2018. All right. I did some crit races or some uh, or some chain gang uh, stuff with the with the boys, and so I would say one VO two max session a week. Um, so you should periodize it. In, I would say in four weeks, three weeks on, one week off. Um, I would say one VO two max session and one tempo session. I think that's what got me real strong. But it's not necessarily VO two max. It could also be over on the threshold, for example, or over on the threshold into tempo. I think I, a session I made up today was um, one minute at VO two max, just over threshold. This over threshold, not VO two max, just under. You know, like hundred and five percent of threshold, and then one minute at just under threshold, and then for twelve minutes, two by twelve minutes into like thirty minutes of tempo. So basically. If you're following the North Norwegian methodology, you're racing like shit. You're tired all the time. <laughs> you can't get a boner. Sign up to Tom's training plan. 
<laughs> the lifestyle athlete plan. Now, I, I, but it's, it's different for for them because they train like 35 to 50 hours a week, you know? And if you're time starved, I think uh, that's how you get the most amount of gains. Yeah. Yeah, nah. But what about if you're not time starved though? That's what we want to know. Uh, I think at some point I plateaued and what helped was doing efforts during long rides. So for example, three hour ride with view to max effort because I, I, uh, I uh, felt that I was fatiguing towards the end of the bike. And I think longer bike rides with efforts. So before I was doing, for example, the efforts in like short rides, for example, 90 minute rides with efforts or, or 65 minutes, uh, 75, I mean. And later on, I was doing like three hour rides with view to max efforts instead of like- Yeah, I think ones. that makes a massive difference actually, doing some efforts in a longer ride like that, like especially hard ones, like at threshold or, yeah, at threshold or above threshold in a long ride or like, try, you know, trying to ride at close to threshold towards the end of a long ride. I think that makes such a big difference if you do that. Like that definitely, yeah. I think. But the thing is, is you really can't really, if you don't have uh, many years of uh, cycling experience, you just don't really recover from the sessions because you could do one hero day where you do four hours on the bike with a couple of, uh, with a couple of threshold efforts. But if you then need, uh, need to do a swim and a run, big run day the, the next day, and you can't do it for three weeks in a row, that's basically what's gonna put you in a hole, isn't it? Yeah, totally. So in the beginning, I was just do like an hour and a half session with efforts and then like an hour and a half, just like easy riding and then like a weekend ride between three and five hours. And then to watch race season, I would do like tempo efforts in a long ride as well. There you go, yeah. guys. If there you go. Coaching, easy man. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun though in Girona, wasn't it? The chain gangs always. I, I need something like that yeah. right now. I could do with something like that here. Yeah, the Girona is a great place for a chain gang if you haven't been there, guys, because it's like undulating roads, but they're not that hilly, are they? They're just like no. the climbs that we were doing it on were like what a minute, two minutes, something a minute yeah. ninety seconds on that chain gang. Mm -hmm. So like you could really power up them, but it was like they were relentless, weren't they? They were just one after another. Yeah. So it was like. If you started to be on the limit, like old John with his gator skins, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you end up getting you end up getting spat. <laughs> Let's uh, quickly go over to the um, to something we have seen in the scene uh, last week, Joe. Winner of Ironman Lanzarote, um, this Hersault, uh, Hersault, the Frenchman. He came in twenty minutes late at the award ceremony, and when he was there. Literally, when he arrived, they just gave his or the other slot as a roll-down slot to the sixth pro in line. I know. And I would be, if I was him, I'd be absolutely... And he missed, and in that way, he missed qualification for the Ironman World Championship. And why was he late? Because he was in an Ironman shuttle bus that was 20 minutes late. Yeah, I know. It was actually, guys, the Ironman bus that he was getting there that was late that caused him to miss his spot. I'd be absolutely fucking fuming if that was me. Oh, I would be so pissed off if they gave it away. Um, especially if, it, I mean, if it's your own fault, it's your own fault. But if you're getting the bus put on by the organization, like, I'd be so pissed off, wouldn't you? You know, dude, um, I would make a proper flipping scene at that I'm in award ceremony. If, if I ever get the chance to qualify for the world championship as a pro like if i even would get the chance and you would show up that you're late because of that fan and, and someone would say to me so mike <laughs> you would have been would like be, hey so you'd mike been would your be, fingers up to me sorry mate you'd been like tough minutes. luck joe <laughs> you, you should mike would be Christmas. like 
So my brother would be like, sorry, mate, you, you just came in late. We gave your slot away. I would say the flipping Iron Man fan was late. I couldn't do anything. I would, I would yell. I wouldn't go anywhere. I would say, give me my slot. But if you were the guy in sixth place who ended up getting the spot, you would be like, mate, get a fucking watch for Christmas next time, wouldn't you? I've got the spot. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 You can't really blame him because he didn't really know he took it. But um, um, I think it's funny that he got it. Like, but if I was the guy that won it, I'd be absolutely fuming. But for the sixth place guy, you've like fair play, you know, like he turned up not thinking anything of it and then he ended up getting a spot for knees. I think it's fucking brilliant. But like if it was the guy who won it and it was the Iron Man bus that like caused me to miss it, I was going to be absolutely Apparently, human, you know? uh, there were rumors that the guy who came in six, that his dad, um, he uh, um, punched the tires of the van. <laughs> yeah, I he heard that them. as well. Did he put nails? So I heard flat. he put nails on the floor, like uh, yeah. just like where, where it was leaving from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of them ended up in one of them ended up in Amsterdam. Like bloody nails go everywhere, don't they? <laughs> they do, they do. Um, then, uh, um, yeah. So, you, do you think he should still get a slot? I saw another another article from Iman or from Try New, Try Today or something that no age grouper wants to get a slot for Nice because they're paying sixteen hundred quid for the race, whereas they can race three months earlier for like. 600 quid in these yeah i saw that 1600 dollars to 600 and I, and I and i think that's fair enough like if i'm an age grouper and i'm gonna be and i'm looking at qualifying and i'm gonna be racing it i'm gonna be thinking first of all the the best age groupers aren't that bothered about going to the world champs anymore let's be honest that's why it rolls down a lot you know because yeah. of the price it puts a lot of people off they've done it once or twice they're like i've ticked the box i don't need to do it anymore if it was cheaper the best would go and it would sell out a lot more is- but it's become Crazy a money-making thing now. 1,600 quid. What are we talking exactly. about? Like, it's nothing. It's fucking insane. I exactly. can, I'll tell you something else, what you can do for 1,600 quid in a bit. Yeah, so um, so that, so then you've got to look at it and you're thinking, well, I could be racing Nice three months before, save $1,000, probably be racing a similar strength field as the World Champs. Um, to, it's obviously a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it, really? You know, if you've got like, a family or not or whatever you know it's a thousand dollars you can spend on something else you could potentially like fly you know if you're coming from europe the whole family out for the extra money you save on it you know make a holiday out of it you know uh, or you could put it towards something else you know if you wanted a new bike you know it's a thousand dollars towards that isn't it extra i i i am not surprised that it's rolling down so much because i think now but you a can, lot of people you can also world championships or you could say um i'm racing ironman nice in france uh, somewhere in June or July, whenever it is, pay the six hundred quid and then travel down again for the world champs for the other for the other thousand bit. Just yeah, three days, exactly. like a weekend or trip with the boys, drinking the wine, the rosé, the excellent Provence rosé at the coast. While while our Jody is is giving it some around the course, he's like sweating like a little dog on the climbs, and you're just sitting there with the rosé, all for the same money. <laughs> You're watching the race. Yeah. Sounds like a no-brainer, doesn't it? Uh, would you be yeah. drinking the wine, not the beers then? So if you were out there, would, is that what your your preference would be? Because you're on the med, you're going to be a bit more sophisticated, whereas like when it's a night As out... As a lifestyle athlete, uh, if, I, if you would go down to the south of France, in the Provence, I would definitely go down for the rosé, yeah. Would you? I don't like uh, wine, so what beers can I drink that make me look sophisticated? 
alcohol-free ones. <laughs> oh, that's not going to make me look. That's not going to make me look sophisticated. That's, <laughs> that's going to make me think, look confused. Like I don't know what's going on in life. Like I was told that I was going to go on a night out, but I didn't really want to go on the night out. So uh, I'm drinking a beer, but I'm kind of not really drinking a beer. You know, that's that, that. If I see someone and I'm on a night out and they're drinking alcohol-free beer, I'm going to talk to that guy. I'm going to put my arm around them and say, are you okay? Is everything in life going as what you wanted to do? How can I help you? You seem very confused. I've only just met are you, you using, but I, I have this feeling. Are you also using EPO if you're drinking this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely some big life choices that you're going to make soon. I can tell. Speak to me. I'm here to listen. Use me as a sounding board. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so I, I told you a bit about this, but I've got this idea of an off-season lifestyle athlete training camp with the boys and girls, just whoever wants. Um, yeah, whatever, uh, whoever wants. So a week training camp in the north of Italy and is involving a bit of training, like some rides, some runs, some swims. And like four or five evenings where you would like do four or five course dinners at a wine estate in the wine cellars. Because I've like uh, bought and sold, sold wines uh, in the past, like a couple of years ago, till 2018 before I uh, really jump started my professional career. Um, but I, I think that would be awesome. Just now you're in like... the Apple business. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's been ongoing for six years, mate. The Apple business is seasonal, seasonal. Mate, you're like in the commodities, aren't you? Of like just liquids, aren't you? Like you're a commo- you're a liquid trader, aren't you? Beer, <laughs> like wines, apple juice, like what God would knows you, what else? Probably. Uh, what would you think of that? Just going out with uh, with like a group of fourteen people, and I um, think it sounds great, mate. I think it sounds great. But what did Laura say? Ride, At that time of the run. year, that's the only chance we get to go on a holiday, didn't she? So you know, I would just be having to listen to all so, these stories, like having, you know, having the table served in like an awesome wine cellar somewhere in Italy opening up a nice little Amarone or Barolo somewhere like nice vintage. The wine would yeah. put me off. If I'm honest, the wine would put me off because I, I'm not a wine drinker. I'd probably have to say I, I, I would be on the, I, I would have to t- have some beers or something like that. You know, I'd probably have to be, uh, wouldn't you see it as nice a strong uh, Belgian beers? Wouldn't, wouldn't you take it as a chance to, uh, to finally, uh, see what, what the difference is and are between wines because I think you're the kind, them, the kind of guy I just don't like them. That you, tried them. You, you probably went to some sort of farmer's uh, no, farmer's holiday party up north and he had like <laughs> this wine from a, a box of the of the lowest tray in the supermarket like five liters for three euros which probably it was it was either vinegar no, mate, or, or white wine I've tried loads of different wines and they all taste the same and they taste horrible to me. They Even Seb, you know Seb, don't you? Yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> you, like, you know, you know Seb, you know Seb, don't you? You yeah. like, uh, he, he let me try one. You know, he's into his wines. I, di- I didn't like it. You know, it just, just didn't really do it for me. I think, I think it tastes horrible, to be honest. I think it tastes absolutely uh, d- disgusting. You know, I'd, I'd, wow. I'd, I'd rather have a beer. A nice beer, though. I'm not talking like Stella. Do you know what I mean? I'm not a Stella drinker. <laughs> Let's go over to the bullshit buster. You had a bullshit you buster. You haven't noticed what I've got on as well at the moment. And what did I, I do. bullshit buster? I saw you wearing a running singlet, <laughs> a flipping running yeah. singlet, which was the bullshit buster. I told you when we started the show, I said, oh, but your mic wasn't working. I said, he's wearing yeah. a flipping running singlet. The one know, he bullshit busted himself. It. I did bullshit bust it myself. And you know what? I've actually had some nice singlets sent to me from Hoka. 
but I'm too worried about wearing them now because I bullshit busted them. I don't dare wear it because I'm like, I've bullshit busted this. How can I now be a hypocrite and wear a running singlet out when I said it was totally pointless? So even I though think, I've got some nice running singlets, I think what you I, should I don't do. I think what you should do, and you can also do it like later on with wines, is just post a picture up of you in a running singlet, and then I want to openly apologize to everyone wearing a running singlet. I've never really tried it. Now I have, and I must say I'm a big fan. I'll do it tomorrow. I will I will bust out a running singlet uh, for a park run, and I'll see if it gives me any extra, uh, a little boost in, in speed. And uh, but I, I have been worried about wearing them before. I wanted to wear them, but um, I thought you know I bullshit busted this. I, I cannot go back on myself. You know, stick to your stick to uh, what you know, Joe. You know, wear the t-shirt or uh, or skins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll try wine. Lambrini, that's a good one, isn't it? Lambrini. Yeah, that's that's what everyone drinks, isn't it? Like uh, as a nice wine. Like Tesco sell it for three quid. Like I heard that was quite a nice one. Nah. Is All it right. not? Um, uh, I thought that was. Nah. Like they do like a rosé, like you said, like a nice, like the girls normally drink it when they go on a night out, like a, a glass of Lambrini, they say. Lambrini? Yeah. I thought, oh, don't worry. I thought that was what was the, a nice fancy one, but obviously I'm mistaken. Um, Let's go to the bullshit buster. Yeah. Uh, the bullshit buster. God, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Now. You Where had one. Was. You had the bullshit oh, yeah, buster yeah, before the show. Yep. Yeah, no, I've I've remembered now. My bullshit buster is people taking 120 grams of carbs and saying, or 150 grams of carbs. They're saying, oh, I'm taking race nutrition on, and they're going on like steady four hour rides, and they keep saying they're training their gut. It's like, mate, if you eat McDonald's every day of the week, you ain't training your gut to eat McDonald's every day of the week. You know, eating 150 grams of carbs every ride ain't going to make you probably any better at holding 120, 150 grams of carbs. It's probably going to make you get diabetes, you know? Like, <laughs> if you eat saturated fat every day, you're going to probably get a heart attack, you know? You ain't training your gut to, to consume that. I think... Would you tra- say, tra- would you say, use some gels to see if your gut likes the gels or not, but 100%. you can't train... 100%. Like, I take race nutrition, like every single ride basically like gels bars and stuff like that but i ain't taking 120 grams and like on a steady ride 120 grams an hour do you know what i mean for a steady four hour ride they must be fucking crazy i mean that's like four gels an hour just doing a steady long ride i mean if i'm doing like you might do in a build up to nine man one or two very hard sessions where you might take a shitload of nutrition you know if you've got a lot of efforts in the ride or something like that and that might be your practice but that might that's in a whole build up, do you know what I mean? Maybe over the course of like ten weeks or something, you know, you might only do mm-hmm. two rides a day. You don't need to take them for every steady ride, do you? Or like a few a little ride where you've got a bit of tempo in. Do you know what I mean? You've got like an hour's worth of tempo in a three hour ride and people are taking hundred and twenty grams of carbs. It's like, come on, mate, like it's ridiculous. Like, you know. Uh that's what I think. I think it's a bullshit buster. I think people go way O T T on this. I also think um um race uh, sports nutrition in general is just way too expensive i just think it's getting out of out of control but don't you think the people that are taking all this race nutrition on board are almost getting tricked by sports nutrition companies to to make them think that they need to keep practicing race nutrition loads so they sell more race nutrition like you know Um, 
if I'm a nutrition company, sports nutrition company, I want you to buy as many gels and bars as, as possible from me. Oh, practice your race nutrition three times a week. It will really help you in your Ironman. Bloody people are spending like £10 an hour on nutrition because, I mean, how much does a gel cost? Two quid? Eight quid an hour? Something like that. You know, four-hour ride, 30 quid on sports nutrition. Boom, you know. I would rather I just rather buy a bit of gingerbread, use like Which, four gels or three gels, and then stop at a cafe. Yeah, I like a cafe. Like I do like a cafe stop. I have to try and yeah. stop myself from stopping there too much, otherwise I'd be in there all the time. I'd probably be like, oh, I was at a, ca- a cafe stop today, and um, I just sat down in the sun, and I thought because it was flipping windy, mate, wind force four or five, and I was thinking. Because it was wind still there, or I might sit here just for two hours. Really? Because it was so nice. Because you were just. How far away was it? From how far into the ride was it? Like how far did you actually ride today? Hundred and thirty-five k's. Did you have any company, or was it Hengelo style? It was with a mate. Bloody but I can't you got even got... because he was actually at work. All oh, right. <laughs> So you've actually even got, <laughs> you've actually even made friends in Amsterdam. So we're not talking about you just shitload of friends, going mate. It's load of friends. Um, and hell. also, if but, you're ever, so if you're a proper athlete or just an athlete, and you're ever coming to Amsterdam, hit me up, hit me up, bros. It must be nice to feel wanted and feel sisters. like you've actually got people there that want to go out for a ride with you and stuff, and like that you know that you that you socialize with now like you've really turned your social circle around haven't Mate, you? That's you know, right. great. <laughs> i've turned my life around i've just turned my life around and it's uh it's still going strong i'm still getting better every day except my foot um yeah the run is still weakness um just don't drink that alcohol free beer because i'm not sure how long they'll stay around quickly it go over to, to the to instagram post of the week Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot we had that. Um, you this was yours, wasn't it? Yeah. So I saw this um, last week on the gram, and um, it was a um, a female professional triathlete, Emma Pellant Brown, and she was uh, was it the PTO race in Ibiza? I think so. Yeah, that's what I, I, I've I've heard um, that since. Uh, you so showed it to there me. was a picture that was posted online where she was uh, where you could see she was like. Um, on her uh, on her uh, period, and um, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, what? How, how did you know? Where, like, where were you looking? Like, <laughs> it's not where I was looking. It was just <laughs> so she reposted a picture because at first I was like, why would PTO post this up? I I I I, I would say first of all, I think uh, I don't even know if they asked for consent because if I was the media person, I would ask for consent, saying we saw this picture. There is, uh, looks like you're on your period. Is it, is it okay if we post up? Anyway, she said, celebrating the amazing woman in sport and the equally amazing man who championed them, humbled by the amount of messages. Um, so I'm going to give menstrual cups another go. That's not the part where this is about. This is about, um, this is true female sport and more barriers we can break through, the better. She's basically just like bigging up women competing, isn't she? When they're on their period saying like you have to, it's one of the things that you have to deal with, you know, don't be ashamed of it, isn't she? Exactly. Basically. And can you imagine how, how annoying it must be if you have something like that? What if you had, for example, if it would, if it were normal that men would have something like a leaky gut, 
and you were racing oh. and you had it in your tri suit, but you were winning. You were like, you were, or you were something in top four in a big race and you were there with your leaky gut. But you know, it's something common. Every man has it. Every man has their I had leaky a, gut. I had a leaky a gut, mate. I had a leaky gut in one race and there was no toilets. It was a horrible experience. One of the worst, one, uh, one of the worst experiences of my race in life. It was horrendous. Um, but if it was uh, a regular thing that men had like that once a month, I don't know, that would be uh, pretty horrendous. But um, also, like, it makes you think, like, she got, like, fifth place in that race, fourth or fifth place, I think, being on mm-hmm. her period. But that's got to take the edge off you, hasn't it? You know, because, like, for instance, for first of all, you're losing blood, aren't you? So it's less uh, blood that can take oxygen to the muscles. So Less potentially, red blood cells? Yeah, like, she must have, if she hadn't have had that, she might have got a better res- an also, even better your, result than your what she did. hormones are all over the place. Yeah, are the hormones better or worse when you're on your period? Do you think for racing? I think you know, worse because the they're all. Know. I think um, um, they get aggressive, don't they? So it gives them gets them more pumped up, probably, like because they get more agitated, don't they? They're like just so, like, they're they're, they're, their feelings are all over the place. They get very uh, like uh, then they feel like they want to. I don't even know. We're not expert experts in this, but I also think uh, they also um, have got like abdominal cramps. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not that's not going to help you, is it? No. So she is breaking the, she's just coming up saying this is something natural and um, we're embracing it. We are embracing it, Joe. So that's the, uh, that's the, that's the interview of the week and fair play to, uh, to Emma because like that could have been pretty embarrassing if she didn't want that up there, you know, cause she might not have wanted people to actually, you know, see it. Like for me, I'd probably be pretty embarrassed, but like, she actually turned it round and made it into quite a positive thing, you know, saying, look, woman, don't be worried about it. Like it's going to happen if you're doing some races, just accept it. Like, and uh, you can still smash it, you know, so fair play to her. And there is um, um, just like uh, three things that I want to say to the doc. So to give a little bit more uh, background information, if you're um, uh, uh, women are finished on a period, Question on Google, can we kiss during periods? Kissing is great if you have a headache or menstrual cramps. cramps. And what makes a girl happy on a period? Prepare her favorite food and keep her hydrated. So, Joe, you know what to do next time. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, don't keep zooming in on pictures and finding stuff you shouldn't be looking at. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying that to me? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Nothing gets past you, mate, on Insta. I know you're always looking for the next Instagram post of the week, so you've got to do your homework. So, like, I know, I, I know what you're like. You're making me a perfect. That was not. Um... <laughs> no, I'm only joking. He only double zooms in. Like, he only goes on to times two. He doesn't go any more than that. So it's just. <laughs> but that's mainly just because of his eyes. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back uh, on Tuesday, which would come relatively uh, soon, probably with a new podcast. If we've got some content to talk about, thanks for listening. And Make sure to it's like and subscribe. Maybe if I can, if I can run or walk, I run. All right. So fingers crossed. It could be race week for Tom. It could be racing a half distance, being like three weeks of 20K, a week off, a week and a half off through a nail from a foot, and then maybe racing a half distance. If you want to be on this training plan, send me a DM. See you later, guys. Jody, see you.